Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have engaging, eye-opening conversations with all kinds of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome, all you new listeners out there. Glad you're here, and be sure to download all our previous episodes. You will definitely hear some interesting stories and learn some good stuff. Really quick, if there's a tango-related product or service that you've created, whether it's a malanga or dance clothing, dance shoes, a festival, or anything at all that's designed to help dancers, and if you're looking for a promotional avenue, let me know. I want to help you get the word out. You see, I'm now accepting sponsors, and as of now, the rates are really good, so please send an email to joe at healthytango.com for more information if you're interested. Okay, my guests today are based in the Washington, D.C. area. They each have been active tango dancers for well over 20 years and have taught all over the U.S. They are also co-owners of Annapolis Tango, where they teach classes and organize events whenever they're not traveling. All right, and with me now are Rachel Moon and Jay Abling. Rachel and Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll start with ladies first. So Rachel, you, as I understand, were big into swing and salsa before you got into tango. So how did you, uh, how did you discover tango? Tango. Um, I was actually, yeah, I started out with salsa when I was in college. Mm. And I did actually take uh, one series of tango back then when I was like, in my early 20s, mid 90s. Okay. And there was um, unfortunately, there was really no milongas where I lived at that time. So uh-huh. I went back to salsa and then I discovered swing. And then many, many years later, I was actually taking a West Coast swing class and oh. the teacher also taught tango. And he said, you know what? I think you would love tango. Come to the, <laughs> just come to the milonga and I'll introduce you to everybody and okay. just, you know, start. And he just said, close your eyes and I'll lead you. And so... I went to a milonga without having really any classes other than from like 15 years prior. Oh, wow. Who's in San Diego? Uh, yeah, in San Diego is when I actually started dancing. Okay. I had originally taken the classes in Eugene. Like, a long okay. Time before. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, cool. Yeah, yeah so but I, and when I did that, I just was like, oh yeah, I love it. Nice. Yeah, it was just destiny, right? You know, you, you had it and then you, kind of came back to it that's great yeah how, but you so jay you were uh you've been dancing since you were a kid so how, how did you discover tango uh yeah so i, I i've been dancing i guess more like performing uh since i was 10 years old mm-hmm. that was like um traditional filipino folk dancing back when i lived in the philippines and when i moved here in 86 dance kind of like left a little bit until my aunt taught me how to do ballroom basics okay. in junior high oh. um, and got into some, like a lot of the West Coast or the swing, the ballroom stuff, including like the ballroom tango. Okay. But it didn't really hit me or tango didn't really hit me until uh, 1997. I took my first lesson. It was actually because of a bet that I lost. Oh, um, okay. So uh, my boss was also a dancer, but she was like the your classical ballet, um, jazz, tap. Oh, she always wanted to take uh, uh, lessons or dance lessons. We worked together and she want, she was already interested in some partner dancing. I was working on an event. I was an event planner back then and she was my boss. Mm-hmm. 
And I, there was an event that I was really iffy on whether we were actually gonna make it in the, in the black. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she said, yeah, no problem. I said, oh, well, I don't know. And so she made a, arranged a bet that if, if I won, I would take, I would, she would have to take swing lessons. Swing lessons, if she okay. won, then she would have to take, we would, I would have to take tango take lessons. Tango, okay. Anyway, okay. I lost and we took <laughs> one month of uh, tango lessons, but this is 1997. So we're talking right. about like, um, you know, the tango lesson, the, mm -hmm. the very show look and the api super afilado, you know, very okay. lean. Yeah. So uh, I was already a swing dancer. I've been dancing swing for like at least five years at this time. And so coming from a very like, you know, almost Colgata uh, embrace in swing mm. and very like slouched, you know, not really like upright. Yeah, yeah. And then coming into tango with your first lesson, they're telling you to like lean against each other <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and, and walk forward with somebody right in front of you. So that was a yeah. big, huge shift. Yeah. Uh, after one month, I didn't really like the dance, but mm. she was playing, the teacher was playing like Pugliese, mm -hmm. like Desarli, so really like lush and, and dramatic music and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember going up to her and asking her, you know, who are these art, art who are the artists? And mm -hmm. so I fell in love with the tango music first before I really got into the dance. Jumped like a year and a half later, I found tango again. I took five months of classes, but three of those months were following. Okay. So I learned to, I took private lessons as a follower. And then I pursued that for a while, just learning how to follow. Okay. And I even bought heels for it. Oh, uh, all right. But, but it, wasn't, it wasn't unheard of back then. Like, right, like, right. It's diving right like in. The leaders, like mm -hmm. even my, my contemporaries, yeah. they had like um, heels. Alex Krebs had heels. Mm -hmm. So we were like, uh, you know, we were experimenting on how to follow with heels. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then I kind of left a little bit um, and then I came back again at the end of 1999. At that point, it was like all or nothing. So I just went straight in. Nice. And I remember not, not stopping. I think I went every single, I went to every single thing I can go to every single week for two years. And that was it. That was, uh, that was the nonstop adventure. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so Rachel, you mentioned a little bit about your your beginnings in tango. So what was your very first tango lesson like? you remember? My first tango lesson? Well, the one in college was like the one he was talking okay. about, where it was very apilado. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I didn't have a problem. I actually liked it. Maybe, I mean, it may have been different than what you experienced. And then the, the one after that, I don't actually remember too much about it. I think mm -hmm. it was a um, yeah, I can't remember too much. Okay. <laughs> How about your I first? Kinda, uh, I have to like mm -hmm. out myself that I wasn't really going to lessons very much in the beginning for like four years. <laughs> four years, I would go like once a month, I would go tango dancing because I was really busy with work and I would mm -hmm. also go um, swing dancing. So I loved it. At the same time, I didn't really... I don't know, I, I didn't find the time to go a lot. So every time I would go, people would say, why don't we ever see you? Like, you should come out more often. Yes, I'm mm -hmm. going to, I'm gonna do it. And then it'd be like, <laughs> next month I'd come back, they go, 
why don't you come? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. So finally, I uh, I quit my job and I went to Buenos Aires. And she then she I, I just said, you know what? Wow. I'm making up for these four years of being a tango slacker. And I'm going to fully dive in. And yeah, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'll to Buenos Aires right away. Nice. Yeah, she made yeah. it up big time. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So, so Jay, what was your first Malanga like? You remember? Oh, yeah. So the the club that I used to attend swing and tango mm-hmm. was a, is a, the Century Ballroom in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And one side, there's like a, one big hall. The main hall was um, all swing. Uh, but across or down the hall from it is another studio where they had milongas on Fridays. And, and I remember um, being a swing dancer, I would go swing dancing. And then I would like kind of like peek into the milonga uh, for a long time, for at least, uh, at least like five, six months, I would just like stand in the doorway of the milonga and kind of like look in, even though oh, I was already yeah. taking lessons, I would just yeah. like look into it, like, <laughs> but like, no, 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 I'm not going to come in. And they're always like, come on, man, come on. Like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> just the, the, the crowd, you know, like navigating was like, how can I, how can I possibly do that? <laughs> um, and I think the first time I was with um, uh, a swing partner and she was also like into tango mm-hmm. and, uh, and she dragged me in there <laughs> because uh, there's, there's, there's like a one, you could pay uh, one, uh, one fee for both mm-hmm. rooms. So, so I said, okay, just do it. So I went mm-hmm. and did it. And, and I remember dancing one song, not one ton of one song and being like, <laughs> kind of like stuck <laughs> or yeah and uh I, I did i kind of did not know what to do so of course what did i do i went straight to the middle yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> just yeah. kind of like you know yeah, yeah. the typical beginning like leader to kind of like bouncing back and forth not even doing the line of dance just doing yeah. zigzaggy things yeah <laughs> but it was scary i can i can definitely appreciate the fear uh, yeah and the the challenge of the, the beginners for sure oh, yes. i mean starting out as a leader i could never have done it if i was a leader just going to milongas and mm-hmm. you know winging it yeah <laughs> so i definitely as i started to learn to lead I, oh man i have a lot of empathy for people starting yeah. out as leaders <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel, I think I was the opposite of you. I would go to lessons, but I was too scared to go social dancing until during a, pra- during a practica, the teacher basically blocked the exit. You know, so, <laughs> you're, you're staying, right? You're staying, right? It's like, oh, okay, I guess. So that was very smart on her part. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Entrapment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I'm really glad she did. Cause it's like, oh, like, yeah, I just, I just, she said, okay, just do a couple laps and then, then you can go like, all right. But then, and then I'll release you. <laughs> right. Right. But then it kind of, yeah. Then once you, once you get used to it, it's, it's really fine. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah so when you were starting out what were some bad habits you used to have in tango and how did you get over them people used to tell me that actually i think jay told me once that i was like a runaway train (laughs) (laughs) i was like i i needed to learn to slow down and like relax Mm -hmm. and not be overly responsive (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so that how did i get i mean it was just little by little trying out what people told me and you know I did go to some privates over those four years so Uh I did get some feedback about 
what I needed to do. Another thing was um, being on my own axis. So I think I tended to sort of uh, lean on mm. my partner and we, probably because that's how I originally had learned to do it. Oh, and see, so yeah. I just, you know, that's kind of what came naturally is like, all right, you can just support me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wasn't too much of a runaway train because I couldn't actually like get away but i think i was just moving my feet too fast or something well know. she was bringing her so she i was one of the people that actually she took private lessons from when i was living in san diego oh, yes. okay yeah but we weren't together back then but anyway so i the, the tendency is for the followers to actually transfer their weight or transfer the access too fast to the next step even mm -hmm. if you even if you're leaning you can you can transfer your access faster than, than the leader and it makes you run away right so that's the that's my my recollection mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but i think definitely going to buenos aires and just dancing constantly and going to a lot of lessons i started to get it i guess mm. you know <laughs> <laughs> she got it yeah. yeah so going to to buenos aires uh, uh rachel like what was that like for you like just going into a class for the first time there was that a was that pretty crazy or was that pretty intense? It was, it was great. I actually had a really wonderful time and I lucked out because I had somebody who really helped me out and, sh you know, showed me the ropes and took me to Milangas and got me good seats in like the front row where I could cabaseo people and taught me how to cabaseo people there. And so I was really lucky um, that I was able, because I know some people they go and they can't dance for like the first month or something, but I didn't have that experience, but I did pretty much dance with anyone who asked me in the first month. And so the other girls there were like, you know, you need to be a little bit more discriminating. <laughs> So like, you have to learn to say no. And that was the uh, hardest lesson for me was actually, oh, how do I say no? And I don't want to hurt people's feelings. And I don't want to be a, like a snob about it. Um, so yeah, learning to look and see who I wanted to dance with and looking particularly at those people and becoming a little more discriminating was something that I learned there. Again, I don't remember the first lesson I took there. I, think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have the greatest memory, clearly, for lessons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of a whirlwind, right? You know, you're it, on this journey and it's, it, yeah, when you look back, oh, it's kind of a blur, but yeah, here you are. It's, that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. yeah, I do remember that the first night I went out, I went to three different milongas. I went oh my to God. in the afternoon, the, the Glorieta outdoors, and then I don't remember what the second one was. And then we ended up at La Viruta at the end of the mm. night. So, yeah, I was diving in mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah jay how about you what were some what were some bad habits you used to have and how did you uh finally get over them oh posture was the, the hardest one mm. i mean especially as a swing dancer you know like um it's very i guess the chest posture or the torso posture is very like relaxed mm -hmm. and and um not very upright and even my knees were overly bent <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh, right mm -hmm. so that was just the, those bad, that one particular one that took years to like alter and change. And even through my, I would say Nuevo Tango years, so back mm -hmm. when Nuevo Tango was very big, like I was, I was, it was still kind of like encouraged or like not encouraged, but it was, people didn't really particularly care your posture because you're dancing Nuevo and mostly open embrace. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I moved to Portland about three years into my 
dancing that I started to like understand close embrace because mm. Portland is a big close embrace um, community, especially at that time. So having to go to um, Milongas definitely like a, a, a hit a light bulb. Oh wait, I need to work on this. But let me go back to um, my first Tango Festival. Ah. Um, so I was learning with James Fijian at the time in, in Seattle. And mm. I think it was only like four months into my lessons with him. This is like the end of 1999, like beginning of 2000. It's like, and this is like February. So like Portland Tango, you know, Valentango, right? Yeah, yeah. He knocks on my door on Friday night. He knocks <laughs> on my door, Friday afternoon actually. Mm-hmm. Knocks on my door. Um, and we actually lived like at that time, four, four houses apart. Mm-hmm. And he goes like, we're going down to Portland. And I go, what's important? It's a festival, Packers things. <laughs> okay, all right, we're going down. I have no idea what a Tango Festival was. Mm-hmm. So I was only like four months into like, oh, wow. the, sec- the third time of my Tango like cycle, mm-hmm. right? So we drive down and we, we go change in, in a friend's apartment and then we go to the Milonga. The first Milonga, I had no clue that Tango Festival was this big. Portland Tango Festival at that time was like the heyday of Portland Tango Festivals. And I remember walking in and it's just like, you know, like in awe, like how, how many people are actually doing this. And then, um, so we started dancing and I realized that there were over like what, 500 people on the dance floor. <laughs> right, yeah. These and huge. then and this entire time I was learning open embrace Mm-hmm. I never learned close embrace oh. the entire time. Yeah. So I go in there and and I try my first time that I open embrace wasn't working. Uh, so, so it was actually that weekend that I was really forced to get into close embrace mode. And so when I came back from that festival, I remember asking my teachers like, I want to learn a close embrace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the beginning of the close embrace, but it didn't really like settle in or like get mm-hmm. really ingrained in my body until Portland. Okay. So posture um, was one. The other one was actually this idea of connection. In swing is, you know, the connection was very army, right? Like, uh, yeah. like it's very, like you use your arms for, to communicate left, right, turn. To understand the, the idea that the axis invites and the embrace is actually like the whole body versus like the arms, mm-hmm. that was a hard one to break. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the arms. That's a lot of our students, you know, we got to remind them not to do this or that with the arms when they're but the, I, the, about le- things. the way yeah. I learned that was actually mm-hmm. by an accident. Oh, I, I, I fixed that problem because I, I suffered an elbow injury. So I couldn't have had <laughs> stitches on my elbow. So I couldn't like raise my left hand. So I had to keep my left hand straight for like at least two mm-hmm. weeks. But I still wanted to go to Milongas. So I went to okay. the Milongas without using my left hand. I only have to use my right embrace. So, so I you're... learned how to not use my left hand. So I got oh, so okay. good at it that I decided to, <laughs> to like, you know, I go to the practica and I maybe I don't want to use my right hand. I just use my left hand. Mm. And then I got even better. It's like, what if I don't use my hands at all? So oh, okay. I, it was like by, by accident, that I actually like have it. For first you, you lose a bet that gets you into tango and you hurt your <laughs> elbow. Now you're, you're just forced to, this is, you're just forced yeah, into the yeah, lifestyle. Exactly. I was forced, yeah. to, I wasn't, it wasn't my personal <laughs> choice that like, you know, I got into things. It's just like, yeah. 
you're gonna have to do this. Okay, all right, I guess I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> so yeah, so so don't hurt yourself out there to get better at tango. No, 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 no. That's accidents not, only. Accidents. No, don't advocate for that. No, don't break your arm just so you can get rid of this bad habit. Yeah. But you can practice, you know, like yeah, moving some some aspects of your dance to see how far you can get. So, so how did you two meet then? You kind of started off in two different parts of the country and parts of the world, actually, you know, and then now it's kind of awesome. You guys got, got together, you're teaching together. So yeah, did you meet at a festival or at a Malanga or? Well, we met in San Diego. But okay. Originally that was, he moved to San Diego just a, a little while after I started okay. dancing. So he was among my first teachers. And okay. But that was during my slacker period, so <laughs> he didn't see me very often. Uh, but we were, you know, friendly, and I took a few privates from him. Cool. She was married back then. Yeah, and so, mm -hmm. but I got divorced before I went to Buenos mm -hmm. Aires. Okay. And then when I came back, I started going festival hopping. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> I was actually selling tango clothes for a while oh, that I okay. brought back from Buenos Aires. So. Um, so she was a vendor. At yeah, I was a vendor at oh, okay. Tango Festival, and mm -hmm. he was teaching, and we just hit it off. Great. <laughs> but we we Great. actually encountered each other like in other festivals. Like we we were together. In, mm -hmm. We met. We we, uh, we saw we each other Austin. a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Austin, you know, lot thing. You know, thing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's just amazing this dance. Once you get into it, like you said, the happy accidents and the uh, the it's almost like fate when you hear from a lot of people. Well. I just happened to be here. I just happened to be there. And then, you know, all these things happen. So yeah, definitely people stick with, stick with tango. Cause yeah, well, I think that's what they say, you know, tango yeah. finds you, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think I'm, you two look so familiar. I'm pretty sure I must've run into you at some point. I mean, I've, I've been to San Diego to that festival over New Year's. I don't know if you've ever been, mm -hmm. been there. I think, yeah, because yeah. Well, have you ever been to yeah. Chicago? I think we were uh, in Chicago. Okay, that's yeah. probably where I first saw. I mean, because you, you go around to places and you see the same faces. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, so I've seen this. I'll probably encounter you at some point again. The, yeah, in yeah. the future. That's a great thing about having this podcast. Is like I, I see these people, then now I get to actually meet and sit down because I don't often get to do this. Adam along, I'm either dancing, you know, I talk for a few minutes and then I'm off to the next thing. But now we can really, you know, sit and get to know. The other teachers and to learn from them this way which is i think that's awesome. not unusual now i think because of all these like um online learning right. are interacting yeah face to face without like kind of brushing each other you know along the milangas they're actually mm -hmm. like more i guess more intense interactions yeah um and i think it's great it's then, a silver lining yeah the silver lining <laughs> yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so it's it's kind of fun when we talked about, you know, past mistakes we made and how we got over them. But of course, you know, when we go on our tango journeys, we do a lot of things correctly that we probably don't really realize until until years later. So kind of, you know, kind of a positive spin on the last question, kind of looking back through your journey, what are some things you did correctly that you're that you're now like really grateful that you did? So uh, we'll start with you, Rachel. Mm. Well, definitely going to Buenos Aires was, mm -hmm. that was a really a good, good idea. And it was good that I went for a longer period. I went for six months. So I really actually went for three months and then I, I started, I did some other traveling and I had an opportunity to go back. And so I'm glad I went back the second time. I really mm -hmm. was like, then I could 
kind of hit the ground running and I learned mm -hmm. a lot that second time. So, and definitely I had a, a very lucky run in with J.A. Bling yeah. here. <laughs> so I did that right. I picked a very good partner yes. right out the gate, you know, like mm. we, we always have uh, communicated really well and mm. I learned a ton. I mean, especially about tango music, like before I, I mean, I didn't really think too much about the music. I was just sort of this instinctual dancer. Also, even the, the dance too, I didn't really understand mm -hmm. mechanically how it was working. So when I started working with him, I had a big learning curve as far as explaining to other people how to make this work because I didn't yeah, I could do it, but I didn't know why or how. So, mm -hmm. uh, so it was really helpful, you know, working with Jay because he had so much experience mm -hmm. teaching it. And then the music, I mean, that has been such a great new level or a layer for me mm -hmm. with my dance to get into the music and become more musical. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because I always loved the music, but I didn't really know too much about it. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I, I mostly just lucked out. <laughs> I was yeah. very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you, when you were in Buenos Aires, like the, after the first three months, you went, did some more traveling and then you had an opportunity to go back. Was there, a, were you sort of on the fence about that or was there a, or was it no question? I'm going back for another three months. It took, I mean, I had, I thought about it, I think for like a day or like 24 okay. hours or something. <laughs> Actually, um, my friend who um, has a uh, tango house there asked mm -hmm. if I could actually house it sort of the tango house for a couple of months. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I thought, oh, should I go back and, you know, go back mm -hmm. to work or yeah, <laughs> should yeah. I go to Buenos Aires again? Hmm. hmm. <laughs> Let me just take a day to think about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. You, but you dove in and continued your adventure. So, yeah. yes. Oh, me too. I, yeah. The right decision. <laughs> mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Jay, how about you? What are some things looking back that you might not have realized were really good decisions, but looking back, yeah, that's good you did that. Um, moving to Portland was one decision I didn't realize was going to be that impactful. It was there that I learned about tango music, but also about opening my eyes to the mechanisms of tango. For, so one, I, um, I came down and I started DJing. People started asking me to DJ at their milongas. Um, I, I didn't have a regular gig. I was just like, whenever I can DJ. But I didn't realize how much I didn't know about tango music because the Portland dancers there, they knew the music more than I did. Uh. They were saying like, oh, that, that version, there's a better version of that in the golden period versus like, you know, the 1960s version, like, oh, you mm -hmm. know that. And they were just making comments. So it happened so much too often that I realized like, you know what? I'm not gonna DJ for a while. I'm gonna sit and listen to the DJs mm -hmm. and learn and to see like, you know, like get the flavor. And, yeah. and, all I did, and then, then during that time, I just went and organized my tango music. Mm -hmm listen to different versions, like, like put the years, you know, like however much data I can like compile into my tango music. So I organized my, my music mm -hmm. and I learned so much mm -hmm. just from like listening yeah. to other people's comments, like, and being in Portland. So going to Portland Tango Festival, two mm -hmm. of them a year, and then going up to Seattle for that fa festival. So you had like 
three major festivals out of the year mm. and hearing all these amazing DJs. So I was really like picking up on, oh, that's what they play, that's what they play. Yeah. So that was uh, one. The other one that I was smart about Portland was that I actually quit tango for about almost two years. It's not like I, I stopped um, dancing. I, I had like two or three private lessons a week and I had I went to one milonga, alternative milonga that I DJed a month. Mm. But I didn't dance pretty much. And mm -hmm. I spent this time trying to understand the mechanisms of tango. So what I did is like there was a, a ballet teacher, but she also is a was a Pilates teacher. And she's also a tango dancer. Mm -hmm. And so we did a trade. I taught her how to dance and she showed me how the body worked to create those movements. Mm -hmm. And she she taught me body mechanics and and so like, oh, that's why. So so it gave logic to and structure to like what I was trying to teach. So I understood how the bot, how can I adjust my partner or mm -hmm. how can I adjust my my students. So I had no I I had no um direction towards that at all until I met her. And so that was a big shift. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing Tai Chi mm -hmm. uh, at the time there too. So my instead of thinking of like movement as just like physicality, I started looking movement as energetic. So my switch in in my mentality towards dance expanded. I mean, it's like suddenly like I had a lot more um, material to actually mm -hmm. work with versus just like what other people told me the dance was about. Um, so that's one move for them. The, 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 the last one that I did smart, um, but this, this one was more like, like I want to do this. After five years of Portland, I left and started traveling the country. Mm -hmm. So I, I gave up my, my, my room in the, in the Tangle house and and I was just hopping from one whatever one city to the next city, next city. And whenever I come to a city that, that had a really good DJ, I would take him out to dinner or like ah. to lunch. And mm -hmm. I would just like, we would just talk tango music mm -hmm. and and do a lot of like like interactions. And, and that's when I like started expanding my, my knowledge. Um, moving to San Diego, where I got to uh, work with Horacio. Horacio Godoy used to yeah. go to San Diego uh, often. Mm. And I took a two hour private lesson with this guy. Wow. On, only on tango <laughs> music. Oh, perfect. And, well, it was supposed to be for an hour, but he mm -hmm. got he got in a role <laughs> that he said like, he didn't want to stop. So he's like, all right. So we ordered, ordered dinner and we oh, did that. And beautiful. he just like went through the, his entire Mm -hmm. iTunes and talked about every single thing. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the thing is, like he told me, you can't take notes. <laughs> oh, okay. But I had like a really good, I had a, I had a good memory, a very, mm -hmm. I had a visual memory. So, like, as long as I could see his computer, mm -hmm. I recorded <laughs> in my mind what. <laughs> so, my visual memory like helped me like remember all the stuff that he. That's awesome. I'll see 90% of the stuff he told. And then, and then I went yeah. back home and I wrote everything down. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, so, okay. so I think mostly the, my influ my biggest like dings, like good ones, like mm -hmm. were about understanding tango music. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. awesome. awesome. I would like to add one sure. thing, which is becoming a DJ. Really, uh, I learned a lot through that mm -hmm. process. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it at first because I wanted to dance when I went to a Malanga. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, DJ, why would I want to sit around? But I had a foot injury too. So I was like, oh. okay, well, this could be a good thing for me to keep me 
off the dance floor and not hurt my foot more. And yeah. but in the end, it, it's been such a great learning experience and it's been so mm-hmm. fun. And yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I learned them a lot about music through doing yeah. that, Just, you know, really going and listening carefully and making tandas and mm-hmm. um, really hearing the subtleties in, in the different types of music. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I like that, that learning to DJ, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to want to DJ, but learning to DJ makes you listen to the music more critically, which actually informs your dancing. And I think this is why like a lot of like really good DJs are actually really good dancers because they they understand the music really well but also mm-hmm. as a think about it, as a, a dj you are in charge of the dance floor you're in charge of the energy of the entire night so your sensitivity is not just on like your the music that you're playing but your sensitivity like expands to like how people are being moved as a tango as a, as a dancer this these skills are applicable because you're, you're not mm-hmm. thinking about yourself you're thinking about like your partner, how Mm -hmm. does that relate to your partner and how does that relate to the entire floor? So it's it's a transferable skill. Yeah. And I'm saying that because like if, um, for those who are listening, like Mm -hmm. really like take time to understand the music because especially in this time when you don't necessarily have partners, (laughs) you have have plenty of time, opportunities Mm -hmm. to actually learn the music and then that's Mm -hmm. gonna inform your dancing even more. And it's good to actually have like, like practice technique and all that stuff, but sure, you know, mm-hmm. but this is just another aspect of the dance that we have this opportunity to take. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So as tango teachers, you also have the fortunate position of learning from your own students. So of course we learn from masters, we learn from workshops, we learn from our peers, experiences. So what are some important lessons uh, that you've learned from your own students? I am the biggest student of my students. <laughs> I think my inexperience in the educational aspect of things, because mm. I, I'm not an educator, right? So, mm. um, but I think respecting the effort they they make to get to the lesson, to practice, and, and actually respecting what they're trying to learn. Because I think, and, and I'm, the, I'm, I'll be, you know, like big about it and admit it's like, I wasn't very on time with a lot of things. So I was sometimes late and, and you know, that's very disrespectful. Also, I, I think being patient with their progress, like, and I think this is like my, I guess, call it the musician's mentality. So I was, I was studying to be a conductor, right? Ah. So conductors tend to be not the most patient people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they have, their, they have this plan in their mind and they wanted to craft this music just as the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get frustrated. So like, patience with with the students and understanding like not every student learned the same way mm-hmm. so i had to read on a lot of that like how people learn in fact i'm very very now like very interested in like how people learn especially in this medium now we're doing yeah <laughs> yeah, like, yeah how are people learning dance through this mm-hmm. uh, uh communication process so and even like their their way of like um absorbing music so i've been reading about like how people like process music and and how the brain understands it. So, uh, and really looking at from their perspective, like how students would respond versus like from me being like, I'm delivering it, you just have to take it. So I had to be very, I had to learn to understand their perspective and be mindful of that. Yeah. Um, Those are the two big lessons. Yeah. How about you, Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's so many things. 
I mean, I learned a lot about teaching. I was a speech pathologist before, so I did mm -hmm. know quite a bit about ed education. And so, but I think at first I didn't quite make the connection, you know, I, I was just thinking, I don't know how to explain tango, you know, but mm -hmm. then after a while I started saying, wait, I actually know how to help people learn and help people develop habits. And, mm -hmm. and I know how to reach different kinds of learners and, you know, multi-sensory learning and so especially since we've started the online classes the online program for musicality i've found that you know i can apply a lot of those lesson planning skills that i had and reaching different you know using different modalities to teach but yeah i mean just also keeping it fun and light mm -hmm. that i mean half of it, it is supposed to be fun yeah <laughs> so you know that's part of it and and encouragement is important for learning you know not feeling like you know feeling successful is important mm. so make, yeah. make great balance <laughs> yeah, I, I think i've had you know <laughs> patience no she's good yeah no she's really good really good um the other thing i want to say about like what i learned mm. about from my students are actually a lot of the the techniques and adjustments are from what the students need Mm -hmm. or what the students' mm -hmm. bodies need mm -hmm. or what their, what their, how their minds process the information. So a, a lot of our, our, our teaching tricks, like our, some of the exercises we developed or even some of like the, um, the progression of our, of our curriculum are based on like how the students took it the first time. And we look, we look back at it like, oh, you know what? This was, this was a better, even a better mm -hmm. way to do this. Or during private lessons, I learn a lot in private lessons for my students. Mm -hmm. In fact, I, I enjoy private lessons a lot more because lacking like actual physical uh, learning from my masters, these are the, my masters now, like like how their body is like adjusting. Like, oh wait, if I, what if I explain it this way and it clicks, it's like, okay, I have to remember mm -hmm. that. And then we try it with other students and suddenly this is like gonna be a standard because it works every single time. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of our, I guess, a lot of technique is, is I guess, reinforced or like the, the, the technique to teach is reinforced based on the students' responses. Mm -hmm. And we, and we're mindful of that now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing when you, when you teach, whether you're a teacher or you're or someone helping someone else in your, com in your community in a practica situation, like that really does help your own dancing. So yes. mm -hmm. yeah, people definitely get involved, help, help the beginners. So. Well, I think. Okay. I think mm -hmm. learning how to explain something, if you can explain something, yeah. then you really have to, I don't know, it helps you to do it. It helps you to learn it. If you're having to really break down what exactly am I doing? Why does that work? Why does this other thing not work? Mm -hmm. So it, it does really help um, your dance as well. Mm -hmm. And can I add on to that? Sure. Like, that being open to being challenged is a very important aspect of that interchange. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I actually, so my dad, one of his advice before I went to college was said, always mm -hmm. challenge your professors, always question yeah. them. And, and I took that to heart, so I did. I mean, sometimes I think it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I asked the questions. I even like, um, I even mm -hmm. like at the peril of my own grade, <laughs> passing grade, I even challenged yeah, a professor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I think as part of like a, a learning mentality, we have to be open to criticism of like our processes and even mm -hmm. like our, our theories and our, our concept. 
And if, if it's holds, then it's a good concept. If you can, mm -hmm. if you can defend it and show practicality, mm -hmm. then it's a good, it's a good thing. But um, I think pe people who are helping and teaching has to be open to, to like criticism and even like challenges. Mm -hmm. It only makes you a better um, teacher and, and, yeah. and teaching equals dancing. So if it makes, if you can explain it and you can like defend it and you can mm -hmm. show how it works and be open to even adjustments or mm -hmm. evolutions of that concept, it just makes you a better dancer. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, feedback from our students, mm -hmm. especially on this um, online. online thing, you know, because this was so new for us. How do we yeah. teach online? Mm -hmm. It's so weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, but we've gotten so many great suggestions and so much great feedback that we've been mm -hmm. tweaking and tweaking and tweaking along the way, just like getting better and better. Um, and our students have been a huge part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing how much you can actually accomplish even I mean, ideally, you want to be there with your students. But when you're doing a remote lesson, and even in tango, you, there is quite a bit you can you can accomplish with them. And that's, that's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's actually surprising. We weren't sure. We're like, how is this gonna work? Yeah, but we're always yeah. like, sending like, what do you guys think? What do you guys? Think? Yeah, yeah, that's survey great. After survey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, getting the feedback. And again, like I said, asking questions, because I'm sure you'll love it when, when students ask questions. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's just yeah. more opportunity to get in depth. And also, you know, from a teacher's standpoint, when your students ask questions, it means they're engaged, you know? Right. And, and that, yeah, because the worst, I mean, the worst response you can get is not necessarily like somebody hating your class, it's somebody being indifferent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's that's the worst exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay it's okay yeah you don't want that yeah I, that's that's even even as an artist like mm -hmm. um, as a musician like i don't like it when people don't respond to your music what you play like yeah love it or hate it but don't yeah. pick somewhere like eh. yeah. yeah but i think i think when we're talking about tango music mm -hmm. you cannot be eh about it i think you have to form an opinion whether you love this music or you don't really care for it, but it can't be just like, I'm just kind of like moving to it because that's, yeah. that's not really dancing. That's just like, it's, it's not really purely for me what the essence of dancing is. You have to like create an opinion because you as a dancer are the physical interpretation of what's happened to the music mm -hmm. and, and your emotion is part of it. So if you don't care about this music, then don't dance. Yeah, that's why, that's why like yeah. some good dancers like if if some if you ask like some of the masters like they will like they are very particular on which orchestra they want to dance to not because they don't you know they don't want to dance but because mm -hmm. like they need certain emotional invitation like oh this song yeah or this orchestra mm -hmm. yeah we all need that I think it it heightens our experience when we have an opinion about the music yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah, wow, I feel like we could talk forever. I'd love, <laughs> love to be able to pull Horacio and keep going. Unfortunately, I know you guys have a busy schedule. You got students to, to look after and all. But um, yeah, where do we find out more about you online? TangoMusicTrainer.com. <laughs> all right. And we also have a, a Facebook page. So. Okay, all right. So yeah, TangoMusicTrainer.com. Yeah, TangoMusicTrainer into Facebook. Facebook. So okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll have the links in our show notes so people will be able to, to look you up once the, once we go online. Cool. Right. Yeah. Well, Rachel and Jay, it's awesome. I know I've seen you before, but it's really great to, to sit down and actually get to, to know you. It's been uh, it's been a real pleasure.
Likewise, well, yeah. we should like do a reverse when we interview you. <laughs> I, would, I would love that. Yeah, let yeah, me know. Yeah, it's time to interview you. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Maybe awesome. one of our shows. Music and Malbec. Yeah, we have, we have our own talk show. Awesome, yeah. We do basically, it's kind of like a Zoom cast, really. Yeah. Uh, sure. Where we talk about orchestras and mm-hmm. eras, and we listen to music, but we also, yeah. you know, we, cool. we haven't had a lot of guest speakers or guests on, but I would like okay. to start doing yeah, that. Yeah, let's start doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let, yeah, let me know. Keep in touch. And uh, yeah, awesome. So thanks again, both of you. That was really fun. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. Okay, that was Jay Abling and Rachel Moon. So good to finally sit down and get to know them. Both Jay and Rachel pursued tango not knowing exactly what they were getting themselves into. There were so many little things that happened by chance. For instance, Jay first got into tango by losing a bet. So as we've discovered many times on this podcast, tango has a way of finding us. And along those lines, we can encounter unexpected setbacks during our tango journey. If you remember, Jay once seriously injured his elbow, but instead of leaving tango over that, he used that problem to his advantage. And as a result, he was able to improve his posture, frame, and connection. And while recovering from a foot injury that kept her from dancing, Rachel took that time to listen more closely to tango music. And that helped her become a DJ. So even if we're not able to dance or to dance the way we want to due to some unfortunate event like an injury or a pandemic, uh, we can still figure out ways to improve our tango. I know it's kind of a cliche, but it's true. Setbacks are often great opportunities in disguise. And I really like what Rachel and Jay said about tango music, that while dancing, we have to keep our brains engaged while listening. We can't just go through the motions, and we don't have to be music experts in order to do this. We just have to find something in the music to connect with while we move, whether it's the underlying beat or a particular instrument, for instance. More in-depth knowledge will come in time. But first, we have to be proactive about keeping our brains engaged. So thank you again, Rachel and Jay, for sharing your thoughts and for taking the time to talk to me. And a huge thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. If you haven't already, that really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar, which you can find at subscribestar.com slash podcast. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.